Alrighty, it is Thursday, and I am recording again, second time, alright, don't know if anybody will ever listen to this except for me, but here we go, here we are, so my name's Brennan, I'm a massage therapist, excuse me. I wanted to do a breath work every time that we log in and um, and for today I also wanted to continue and finish off the chapter about migraines in Anthony Williams book uh, Medical Medium Revised and Expanded and in terms of massage I am looking to start introducing cupping, or maybe some other therapies. I definitely want to explore this, these things more. But for today's video, since I don't have anything, any of that prepared, I also thought had an idea that I thought would be interesting. I thought, knowing what I know about health and food and Anthony Williams and all that, I could go to the store and literally break down the costs for like a whole week's worth of food that is the cheapest possible from a specific store um, that is oil-free, toxin-free, completely perfect and uh, antiviral and antibacterial and, gonna, and is going to heal. Now I think the difference in the price um, obviously might involve speed a little how quickly you want to heal because if you want to heal quicker I mean you're going to have to buy more things in general but in terms of slowly healing there is a very plain way of of getting through that is extremely cheap it's cheaper than than the way people normally eat and um, I recently saw two grocery bills. One was a healthy one and one was uh, an unhealthy one. And the unhealthy person definitely spent a lot more than the healthy person. The healthy person bought mostly whole foods. So I think in general it is cheaper to eat a clean diet. But um, there, there is a difference of like um, spending a lot of money doing it. Because you can definitely spend a lot of money doing it. There's a lot of foods that are expensive that uh, are uh, in their whole form. They just cost a lot because there's very little supply of them. Alright, so anyways, starting out with breath work as always. Today we're going to start with a standard routine, alright? And when I'm going to do that store run idea, well, I would have to be at the store. To do it. I'm not at the store right now, so it's not going to be right now. But I do plan on doing it, and I don't forget my plans, so it will happen. Um, so the breath work, we're going to start from the top. So the first one is an American practice. It is a anxiety-reducing, common, very common rhythm of of four, seven, eight, 
or 477. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but um, it's just a, a holding a breath series. And then we are going to do a Wi Fushi and uh, Kai Chi and um, the visualization. And that is, those are Chinese. Um, and that's going to really wrap it all up. Now, all of this, this particular group, I do three groups every day. But this is the first group that I do, and uh, this group, it's mostly Asian, obviously, but um, there's an Asian one, an Indian one, and um, wherever the fuck Wim Hof is from, the Arctic of some kind. <laughs> I think he's Canadian, if I'm not mistaken. I could be mistaken. He could be European, even. I don't know. He could be American. I really don't know, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, starting off with part one. So, we're going to do the four, seven, eight, breathing into a count of four, um, and then holding for counts of seven, and then breathing out and holding for a count of eight. All right, we do this ten times. Everything is always ten times, except for the Wim Hof stuff. That's in 20s. I do it 10 times because then I can use my hands. You can count it on your hands. That's why. I do everything with my hand. So that's why. All right. So let's get comfortable. All right. Let's get started. Breathing in. All right. Well, hold on. Just take a normal breath. Just breathe normal for a moment. And uh, close your eyes. Get centered, okay? Start to notice the present moment. Take a transition breath in, breathing in, and breathing out. All right. So slowly breathing in, one, two, three, four, and hold. And breathe out and hold. Breathing in. Hold. Breathing out. Breathing in. Hold. Breathing out. In. Hold. Out. 
hin. Hold. Hold. And breathe normal. Alright. So that's our first one. That one is American. Now we do uh, uh, Kai Chi. Kai Chi is the first one that I do uh, for Chinese. The Kai Chi is about It is about building up the lungs capacity, the capacity of just just like the pressure. It increases the volume of oxygen in the body, dilates the blood vessels and helps the the brain get more oxygen, helps calm the nervous system and uh, activates the the parasympathetic nervous system to relax and I think it also helps with healing many other things as well but um, increasing the lungs capacity is to use more of the lungs because we, we use so little of the lungs with shallow breathing these days when our bodies are really meant for like a lot of vigorous exercise so this breathing's a little bit more heavy and it's equal to that of like um, somebody working out. So we're going to do the Kai Chi. That's uh, with a C. Kai Chi. Kind of like Tai Chi, but with a C. Kai Chi. Okay. We're going to breathe in three times. All right, let's begin. Breathing into your belly, into your chest. Into your throat and let it go. Actually, you're supposed to drop it down. Actually, let's let's do it proper. 
So into the throat, into the top of the lungs. Into the chest, into the belly, and release. So that's two. All right, so we're gonna be regular now, now that you know how to do it, let's go. Breathing in, into the top of the lungs, middle, bottom, and release. Breathing into the shoulders, into the bottom of the chest, into the belly, and release. Into the clavicle, into the ribs, into the belly, top, into the middle, into the bottom, release, top, middle, bottom, Into the top, into the middle, the bottom, release, into the top, middle, Push yourself, push that air into the top, into the middle, into the bottom, and release, let it go, no tension, no pressure, no thoughts, into the clavicle, breathing in, the chest, Stomach, and release, last one, into the shoulders, breathing in, into the chest, into the belly, and let it all go. Okay, chief. Now we are going to do the Wee Fushi. The Wee Fushi is a long breath. It is um it is an excitement of the nervous system, okay? This first one was a calming of the nervous system. No, the first one was exciting too, actually. 
I would say maybe the last one is calming. Yes. The first two definitely excite the nervous system because you're putting more pressure and time into breathing in. And that, uh, that gets our, our uh, fight or flight, our energy, our, our body really, it gets more oxygen in the body so the body becomes more active with it. So it is a, a stress, a, a, a stress, eustress, a good stress. All right. So this next one is very, very slow. So it is sort of in between, actually, kind of, because it is so slow. But you're spending a lot of time breathing in, so it could be. So if you have a hard time, you can always stop at any minute. All right, so let's breathe in nice and slow. To a count of 10, okay, if you want to count for yourself, breathing in nice and slow now. change in 
exchange. Exchange. Okay. So that is the Wifu sheet. And the third one of this group, I guess fourth one from my group, is the visualization breath. In this one, it is important. I will guide the visualizations and you are just breathing in and out when I say so. Okay, so let's begin breathing in. Seeing the light coming in as you breathe in. Breathe in. And now hold your breath and visualize all the toxins inside your body. Visualize everything, that all the gases, okay? And breathe out. Breathe out those gases, okay? Now, see the light. Hold your breath and see the light all around you and visualize the air as if it's like water. Okay, breathe that water in. Filling you up with light. Hold as you see the need to release your toxins and breathe out your gas. Hold, visualize the tree, okay, and breathe in now the trees enter the trees oxygen. And breathe out food for the tree, your gas. Breathing in light. gas and with the tree's light release the gas and with the tree's light Dear gas, and with the trees light, and out with your gas if you see it.
see the tree, see the light, breathe in the light going into your belly. And give it back your gas and exchange the oxygen. Breathe in the light. And exchange your gas for the light. Breathe in the tree's light. See it filling your belly, see it going through your nostrils or through your mouth and release your gas. In with light. Out with gas. In with light. Out with gas. And last one, make it strong, powerful, healing light, breathing into your full body, the light filling all your tissues and all your corners of your body. See yourself glowing with the light from the outside coming in. And release your gas that you give it back in exchange. As you come back to this earth. Just as you are. I learned this lesson a long time ago. You can meditate and visualize yourself as all kinds of things. And you know. Uh, imagining and feeling. Is what Neville Goddard says. Creates the whole world. And Napoleon Bonaparte. Said uh, that. Imagination rules the world. And of course, you can imagine yourself as the most powerful being in, that you could ever, uh, that you've ever seen, and imagine that that's you, and that that's your life, and really feel it. That's great. I've been there a lot in my life, but also important to be humble and to just release all that, shed it all, because what happened to me when I was younger is that it weighs you down. It really weighs you down in the end. All that armor. Is, is really heavy. I have a light armor guardian that I create for myself. That's a little different. That's not heavy. That's actually, it's light armor. So <laughs> it's actually weightless. <laughs> but um, to constantly need to envision yourself in order for you to believe that you're okay is more like kind of like saying that you're not okay in a lot of ways which is a very common theory these days you know it's like people that say people that say that uh, uh, I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine are not fine right and uh, over visualizing can definitely head down that path of of uh, of it of it losing its power because you should only have to do something once you shouldn't have to keep doing it over and over and over again I just personally really love the way my light armor guardian looks on me the armor, I like the way it looks so I like to visualize that as a personal gain I mean, 
everything is in context. So for me, the light armor guardian is, is context is that the inside of the armor is filled with light and is healing me. So my armor is isn't to protect me from the outside world. It's actually to encapsulate me so I have privacy. My armor has more to do with with silencing the outside world, simplifying my present moment and removing anything that I am putting in my way of healing and instead focusing only on the healing action happening in this moment and that healing action coming from the light that fills the armor and the armor doesn't force me not to move that's another thing that I always stipulate is that my armor is flexible, it's in pieces, it's not um, a coffin, you know, it's actually in, in pieces, and uh, and it's totally flexible, it has joints, it has like uh, maybe light rubber, rubber that's like in the form of light, so it's it's bendable, it's bendable, it's, it's not, um, it's not forcing me down in any way, I'm uh, free to move if I choose to. But the importance of the armor is that it's like... I actually... I guess the best way of explaining it is I visualize the armor as a spacesuit. Literally as a spacesuit. Because what does a spacesuit do? It doesn't... I mean, it does protect you from the outside world. But really what a spacesuit really does from a psychological standpoint... A spacesuit isolates you from the outside world. It isolates you. It's the same thing as when you put on goggles and the more things you wear when you go out in the ocean. The more you wear, honestly, the tougher you feel like you are. And it's because of these things these things create a boundary between you and the outside world. And the more of there being a boundary around you, the same thing the angels do. Anthony said that the angels do this. They create a boundary um, around themselves that prevents them from reading our minds. Specifically because our minds are so busy, they wouldn't be able to do all the things that they do because they would spend all their time on one individual person. Because there's just... It's like a whole universe inside each fucking person. (laughs) And that could be like navigating through... Anthony says it's like navigating through a spider web. And Anthony's the messenger. So he's... I can't say he's wrong. But I would like to think that that probably means that it's more like a a whole universe inside there. Where there's just so many different things. That it's easier to just... Have a barrier that says we don't go there. <laughs> we are only focused on the external world. And that explains a lot about spirit of compassion too. Why spirit of compassion is only focused on the external world. And what is science? Science is a study of the external world. Spirituality is the study of, uh, of things that are not physical. And it is literally, basically, I think spirituality really is the study of psychology. It's a study of psychology because... Psychology and how the brain works is has very little to do with where the information has really come from, which is the soul. And where the information has really come from, that is that spider web that Anthony's talking about. That is that whole galaxy. So 
you know, I'd say that, you know, religion is sort of the study, the study of, of the mind, the study of, of our, of our soul's past, not our body's past, not our world's past, but our soul's past. And I say that because the Bible literally dictates proper behavior. And proper behavior has everything to do with past experience, with it, which is the spirit of compassion. Um, bada boom, bada bing, bada boom. All right. <laughs> so I wanted to retouch on migraines chapter. Just going to check. Okay, there's nothing going on. Okay. Oh, man. Migraines, migraines, migraines. Wow. Okay, so I'm going to quickly just, let me reverse my seat because the cable is in my way. All right, now the cable is not in my way. I'm going to touch on migraines again. So what we talked about yesterday, I want to do a brief, and just because yesterday really wasn't that great and I was in a hurry and I had to go, I had, I had, a, a, I had a, a, a conference call to get to. So um, now I am... I have time, and I'm going to run through it much quicker because I've already read it with you guys recently, yesterday. <laughs> so let's read a little bit of this again. So the migraine chapter is all about the global population suffering from migraines and reoccurring headaches of various types, all right? Migraines can be uh, experienced in an, in, in an intense pulsing or throbbing focused on one side or a migraine can feel like it takes over the whole person's head and neck. All right. And it is usually believed that is mostly through in women, but that is not true. And that in women it is caused by their cycle. And that is not entirely true. It can be caused by other things. But the, the cycle um, can, be an accompany, can be accompanying the, the true cause of it. The true cause is not the cycle. But the true the cycle can be triggering it because of what the cycle is doing to you. Obviously, yes, yes. It's not like that substance abuse though. It's not there's you have no control over whether or not the cycle comes. The only thing you can control is how prepared you are for the cycle. So I think uh, that's something important for women is to prepare for their cycle. Um, the, and uh, in, in general migraines, he says, this mystery illness can be dis debilitating, making it difficult to maintain a job or enjoy your social life, all right? So he goes on to talk about the migraine triggers. Medical communities don't know the causes of most migraines. This is because of their haphazard approach of it so far, all right? Results in head... Um, so far, the big theory is that the neuropeptides release trigeminal neuralgia, uh, trigeminal system, are the neuropeptides released in the trigeminal system result in head pain for particularly sensitive people to the compound of neuropeptides. Other theories include that it's all in your gut. And uh, so on and so forth about the women's menstrual cycles. But in fact, it's often not just one thing, so that is possible part of it then, he's admitting, in a sense, but a combination of issues that trigger migraines. Blow, I'll lay out some common tri triggers, okay? 
Read through the descriptions to identify what applies to you, yada, yada, yada. Also be aware that you shouldn't stop looking for the identifying a single cause, but there are often multiple causes, all right? And, uh, yes, yes, yes. He's also bringing up that, um, if you're otherwise healthy and you, there are none of these apply to you, then you could possibly have toxic heavy metal exposure. And on top of that, you, you may be eating eggs or dairy, which feed viruses and bacteria, such as strep, EBV, and so on and so forth, okay? So the usual suspects of things that help, uh, that are some of the, 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 the multiple things. So each one of these things could be one of the things that are causing your migraine. One of them, if not the only thing. All right. So we're going to go through the list, skipping that paragraph first. All right. So first thing is concussions. A concussion is a traumatic brain injury. I talked about the balloon inside the skull. All right. The two balloons. And uh, so skull is very hard, so it's kind of hard for that inner balloon to move at all. But um, a concussion is a blow to the head that is so violent that it shakes the brain inside the head, all right? And that impact of the brain pressing up against the skull at a violent speed is what uh, is what actually damages it, causing a concussion, all right? And this damage is obviously going to lead to lack of oxygen to brain parts. And um, later on, the damage could result in difficulty getting oxygen to certain parts of the brain. All right, so um, it could have triggered the sensitivity much later, he says here. All right, meningitis. Meningitis is severe swelling and inflammation of the protective membranes surrounding the brain and spinal cord. Okay, the protective membranes, the protective tissue surrounding the brain and surrounding the spinal cord. That, these are these, like the myelin sheath, these things that wrap around to protect it, okay? This is typically caused by a viral infection. There's viruses and bacteria that have gotten, and meningitis that have gotten onto that tissue that is surrounding the nerve. And the nerves can allow that toxic acidic bug to eat through and damage the cord because then you will be paralyzed. I know that personally. So if you've had meningitis, that means so the body will inflame and make sure all that shit gets killed. But if not, you'll end up with tumors and cancers and so all kinds of shit. Or if it's around, if it's involving the brain, I mean you end up with meningitis. Which is uh, which can also trigger future migraines as well, on top of being meningitis. And uh, a stroke is another kind of brain injury in which blood supply to part of the brain, which this is one of those combinations because you can have a stroke because of a concussion. You can have uh, uh, a lack of oxygen um, to the brain uh, because of a lack of blood supply because of the damage from the concussion that would greatly interrupt and reduce the uh, the blood supply causing blood cells 
brain cells, <laughs> also blood cells, to die from lack of nutrition and oxygen. This is easily identified in injury-induced types of strokes. Yes. Transient ischemic attack. This results in a smaller brain injury than a stroke. It can be subtle and not even you not even feel it when it happens, but it can have substantial impact on your health uh, if you've ever been told that you have that. All right, brain aneurysms, ballooning of the blood vessels inside the brain. Brain tumors, abnormal masses, I already mentioned that, of tissue in the brain. A tumor can be cancerous or benign. Anything that's cancerous is caused by a pathogen. Um, pathogens aren't supposed to be able to get in the brain, but our body changes over time, and that creates new pathways because fucking holes op open up in the body. All right? And you, you can't just turn the machine off and repair it. It's all got to keep running. Brain cyst and microcyst, a sac filled with air, fluid, and other material, usually benign, that forms in the brain. Okay. These sacs can also cause a migraine. Impeded cervical nerves. All right. If the nerves around your 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 cervical nerves, if if they're if your if your neck is so tight. You know, it's, if it's super, super tight, it can be squeezing the nerves coming out of your brain. And that can be very, very bad because that could cause the migraines because the brain is not getting oxygen. Not getting enough blood. All right. So, yes, the first two cervical nerves control the head, um, C1 and C2. If something, something interferes with them, just like I said, very tight neck, a variety of issues can result. Bulging discs as well. Um, I've seen that with patients, some of my patients. If you've gone through a battery of tests and you've reviewed your medical history with the doctor and ruled out all the elements listed above, then you're in the mystery realm. What follows are explanations of migraines, triggers of medical communities, does not fully understand. These are things that can be causing it. If none of those things that I mentioned, if you, if you didn't have physical injury, and you don't have any kind of swelling, tumors, little bubbles, sac sacs filled with air that are growing inside your brain or anything weird or super tight neck that's uh, uh, squeezing the hell out of the, the cervical nerve, cer cervical nerves, hey, then it's got to be this, which is an Epstein-Barr virus, shingle, and many other things that could be also causing it. Starting with the Epstein-Barr and shingles, all right? It is uh, Epstein-Barr virus and shingles virus. Um, they both can inflame the trigeminal and phrenic nerves, which also have potential to trigger migraines. Because nerves all go back to the brain, I guess. Uh, herpes simplex 1, the virus behind common fever blisters, can also nest within the trigeminal and phrenic nerves elevating the inflammation there ever so slightly, just enough to trigger a problem. Microtransient ischemic attacks. The micro ones, they're on a small scale, but they can also trigger migraines, sinus-related migraines. Some migraines stem from chronic streptical infections that sit in the lining of the sinus cavity 
and he mentions here that uh, there are operations that can remove scar tissue from the sinus cavity, but uh, because strep is very difficult to remove, once it gets into the sinus linings, the surgery often doesn't work. A better way to address it is to strengthen your immune system, which is what we'll go into later. The ammonia permeability trigger, that is about rotting fat, okay? Um, the ammonia gas can drift out of your gut to your vagus, phrenic, or trigeminal nerves. Ammonia can cross the blood-brain barrier and find its way to all parts of the central nervous system. As a gas, it deprives the brain of some of its needed oxygen, and therefore tension in the brain can arise, and these nerves can spasm because they're lacking oxygen from all the tension, creating a migraine. And uh, so also spasms in your muscle, therefore, are a cry for help as well. All right, electrolyte deficiency. Your body needs electrolytes to run, okay? And uh, a way to get back some electrolytes is celery juice and coconut water. All right, that's how you get back your electrolytes. Uh, electrolytes are used to maintain neurotransmitters. They strengthen neurons and send electrical nerve impulses, which is the center of your, your body's electrical activity. Okay. When you run low on electrolytes, it severely disrupts the activity in your brain. Which, which puts a load on your central nervous system and sets off migraines, especially for someone with toxic heavy metals inside your brain. And you're already living with low-grade chronic infections like EBV. Stress triggers. Everyone feels stressed now and then, both in big and small ways. Um, and stress basically lowering your immune system can elevate the pathogens that you have inside your body, therefore causing more migraine triggers because you may have Epstein-Barr virus, you may have um, shingles or herpes, and just the stress alone can, if these things are nesting anywhere near your nervous system, then they can cause inflammation from that stress from getting a free pass to eat more food and uh, and grow bigger. And that's what they do. They try to grow. <laughs> what can I say? Making tumors up in here. Menstrual cycle triggers. All right. Uh, he goes on to talk about how uh, when, a, when a woman is going through her menstrual cycle, 80% uh, of the body's immune function, immune system is going towards that. So with only 30% of your immune system, you become very vulnerable to stress, heavy metal toxicity, dehydration, and all the bugs that have been living in you that are harmful. And that uh, you're, you're lacking the immune system, and you're, you're leaning on your gut bacteria to create uh, hormones to develop and, and rebuild your immune system because the good bacteria doesn't fight against the bad bacteria the only thing the good bacteria does is help you create more hormones and when you create hormones 
you're able to dish out more soldiers. So the severe drop in your immune system is going to require you doing everything you can to get more um, nutrients to the brain so you can dish out more soldiers. Um, And that's really going to be the biggest thing to help women is to just strengthen that immune system. And, uh, yes, just skimming through, because we already read all this, but skimming through sleep. I don't think I really read the sleep disorders. If you aren't getting enough sound sleep, then if, and, and if you're dealing with other issues such as toxic heavy metals, troublemakers, which are bad viruses that, that, uh, send toxicity through the body or, or gases that are bad. Other symptoms and conditions, the lack of sleep can trigger your migraine. If you have a sleep disorder such as, as insomnia, take comfort. As you lie awake in bed with your eyes closed, half of your brain can actually uh, sleep while the other half is awake. So this means that your body is healing still and your central nervous system is still re- rejuvenating. So if you can, try to get try not to get frustrated and angry with a wakeful night just keep your eyes closed and wait there because part of you is sleeping anyways if it's a physical illness that creates the insomnia look at other parts of the book we'll get to some other point Um, if you're not getting enough sleep because there aren't enough hours in the day with all your obligations try to think about where you can cut back all right heavy metals other environmental toxic triggers Toxic heavy metals such as mercury, aluminum, copper, arsenic, cadmium, nickel, barium can settle in the brain and other organs such as the liver and affect the body's ability to function properly. Because our body is a, is a system of rivers. And these rivers have lots of rocks and corners and edges and crevices and scar tissue and lots and lots and lots of cuts from this fucking medication and and from the cheap supplements and from acidic foods and things people do to themselves like drinking alcohol. All these cuts eventually kill us. And uh, all those cuts are the best place for metals to sink into. Um, just from personal knowledge. So potential consequences of 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 heavy metals such as these, such as the aluminum and the lead and the copper and the arsenic and all that, is anxiety, depression, obsessive compulsive disorder, attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder, autism spectrum disorder, bipolar disorder, depression, Alzheimer's, dementia, tics and spasms so basically anyone who misbehaves and is a troublemaker person is probably filled with metallic substances and possibly pathogens that eat those metallic substances just the metallic substances themselves are very disruptive and lead to all this poor self-management there are also thousands of questionable flat-out toxic chemicals that you're regularly exposed to in your office or other workplace, exposed to your home 
water and air you breathe, these chemicals can eventually end up in your brain and disrupt electrical impulses. Many of us have no control over our environment, what we breathe, and what we're exposed to. Yes. The environments are very, very toxic. Um, So some common migraine food triggers. Dairy, it creates mucus. It's mucus forming and feeds unproductive bacteria and viruses such as Epstein-Barr virus and Streptococcus. Eggs feed all viruses and all unproductive bacteria, allowing them to proliferate and ex- ex- uh, expel neurotoxins and other pathogenic byproducts that irritate the central nervous system, in turn inflame the phrenic, vagus, and trigeminal nerves of the brain itself and lead to the migraine. Gluten. Gluten feeds unproductive bacteria such as streptococcus and viruses, All right, creating neurotoxins and byproducts. Yes, 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 and inflammation. Meat. When you have a weakened digestive system, including low hydrochloric acid that's in the stomach to break it down, and the, and the liver that's overburdened and can't produce enough bile, then when these proteins are rancid fat rot, ammonia product can occur. That's the ammonia gas. And uh, minimizing oxygen levels in the brain because the ammonia gas is uh, very permeable. It slips right between the cells. All right. Fermented foods, fermented foods, or vinegar-based foods lower in the in the pH in the intestinal tract. They lower the pH in the intestinal tract. The fermented foods, making your intestinal tract more acidic, which can trigger migraines and add more cuts. Uh, apple cider vinegar alone can trigger most of people's migraines. Wow. Salt. Try to avoid excessive salt if you can. Consider bringing celery juice or spinach into your diet. Add lemon to your water too if you can. Go without using salt. High qualities of salt or rock salt. Use high quality salt like sea salt or rock salt. Do not use table salt at all. Oils. Canola oil, cottonseed, corn oil, palm oil. They all thicken and burden the liver and the blood. Uh, canola oil and corn oil especially are all GMO as well food additives they're all neurotoxins alcohol is extremely dehydrating and hard on the liver coffee drinks overstimulating and highly aggressive on the central nervous system caffeine acts as a neurotoxin that can trigger migraines some people claim that chocolate and other forms of caffeine can help a migraine because the truth is these people are in and out, you know, with uh, inner in or out of withdrawal. They've experienced that effect because the caffeine triggers the adrenaline to flow through the body. With adrenaline, you know, of course you feel better, which acts as a steroid for the inflammation that causes the migraine. So over time, though, the caffeine can has unproductive repercussions. Okay. Allergic reactions. When we encounter something that you're allergic to, your body makes histamines to protect you from the potentially dangerous substance. Low-grade viral infections such as Epstein-Barr can release neurotoxin byproducts. Viral waste matter to throughout the body. This can raise histamines all on its own, making you more sensitive and allergic to different things at different times. In some cases, your body may overreact 
to produce too much histamines and this can contribute to migraines. The reaction may be delayed and incurred day, days later. Think about what you're eating and drinking and so forth. <sighs> okay. So, addressing migraines. We're going to get into the healing foods now. And then we're going to be done for today. Specific foods can help prevent or heal your migraines by killing off pathogens, flushing out toxins, bolstering brain tissue, improving digestion to your liver, stomach glands, soothing nerves, providing critical nutrients, relaxing muscles, fresh celery juice, cilantro, hemp seed, potatoes, bananas, asparagus, oranges, Brussels sprouts, tomatoes, broccoli, spinach, papayas, chili pepper, garlic, ginger, kale, cinnamon, apples are among the top foods to eat for addressing migraines. All right. So taking fresh celery juice up to 32 ounces a day, you want to do that in the morning on an empty stomach, okay? Wait an hour afterwards so that way you can do all its work throughout you. Celery force, you can take three capsules a day. Helps you with sleep as well. Ashwagandha, a dropper full twice a day. Barley grass, juice powder, cat's claw, curcumin. Feverfew, kava kava, lemon balm, nettle leaf, skull cap, spirulina, turmeric. Uh, vitamin B12 is methacobalamin. People are always lacking that. And two dropper fulls twice a day is very good for you. Vitamin C as micro C. You can take four capsules of that twice a day. And wild blueberries, all right? So that is a readdressing of migraines. And that is it for today because we are just about at an hour. I hope you enjoyed my talk for today. Um, and hopefully I get to do a show about massage soon. I will have to figure it out, all right? Stay blessed.